0: In an effort to pull the ripcord on this conversation as long as possible, I think I'll tell you my number one favorite, and it's that I've always had this place covered in trees that we used to call the Whiz P. Woods.
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> it was terrible. That was... That was- <laughs> It was a horrible nightmare that I'm so sorry I pulled us both into, but I just could not think of anything else.
1: Ah. Ah. Okay, I don't know that we want to start an episode with like two minutes of conversation about my nervous (laughs) bowels and then have you say that. I don't know if that's how it should start. (laughs) All right. Are we going to do a different one? Well, lesson learned. Are we going to do a different one? (laughs) Well, we need one, I guess. I guess we need one.
0: All right. I have another one. Okay. (laughs) Are you ready?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. Wait, one second. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't even like... It's just we can't say that.
0: Yeah, we can't. We just can't do it.
1: Well, you know, you can listen back to it and make a call.
0: And so you know, you know <laughs> that my personal superhero name is taco
1: <laughs> No. <laughs>
0: I think we did it wrong twice. I think we did a bad one twice. I
1: think we've done two bad ones. Okay, okay. But see, here's the thing. I don't think our, you know... I, it's not that we're doing bad. It's just that it mm-hmm. hasn't quite been right yet. Right, right, exactly.
0: Yeah, we're iterating.
1: You know, like, we're doing good. I think the the moments are good. Um, you know, some of the jokes are good. Uh, but then... Like, I want to give you full credit, for again, for the work you're doing.
0: Should we do the episode? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess we should just do the episode. The only thing I could, I could, I like, all right, let's do it differently this time. You're going to do it? No, 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 no. We're just going to do the episode. We have the freedom to begin any episode however we like. Okay. And we can just pop right into it and be like, sorry, there's no time for a pun today. Like mm-hmm. this has got, this episode is, is too mm-hmm. important.
0: And just not let them know that we spent like a full half hour looking for the pun. We don't have time. There's no time. No, 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 no. That's just drafting process. They don't need to see that. <laughs> what if we like came in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the music played, and then we were laughing. Yeah, and and we were like, "Wow, I'm so glad that that, that was the most amazing, uh, <laughs> incredible, like fantastic joke ever." But it starts before it. It's like, "Hi, sorry, we missed, we lost the joke. We, the The data for the joke disappeared." <laughs> <laughs> joke replaced and then we go and we're like ha, ha 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 that was the funniest one wow i, I hope that nothing happens to that one in
1: the video. <laughs> um we could <laughs> i'd rather just blast past it i think okay i think i'd rather just not draw attention to the lack and instead just get just pop right in there okay i would rather just say hi and then just get started that's what i want to do sounds good to me okay all right it's good we're both funny and we're good people and uh And it's not even a big deal. Oh, yeah, I'm not stressed about it. No, I'm not stressed about it either. Okay, great, let's go. Hi Caleb. Hi.
0: And hello everyone and welcome to your two
1: show, a show where sometimes we don't make a joke at the beginning. It just sometimes there's no time to make a joke at the beginning. This episode is got to start launching out of the cannon. We got to go <laughs> So we watched episode 5 of Kirby. Right Back At You, which yep. is
0: called Beware of Wispy Woods, here on Your Two Show, a show where we analyze children's television, most especially, and so far, about video game characters. That's right. This episode convinces me that Kirby Right Back At You was designed in a lab specifically for us to talk about on our <laughs> program.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were moments in this episode where we were kind of going, okay, okay, and then... Something would happen and both of our eyes would light up and be like, I can't believe this is how like we have been gifted. Like this gift to us from the past into the future is incredible.
0: Every single episode, it feels like there's a moment where the writer goes, mm, but I haven't given the Your Two Show Boys their talking point yet. Yeah. <laughs> We've done a lot on this episode today, but I have not quite dropped those uh, those YTS hosts. I haven't given them exactly what they need—that content, that crave, that yum 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 nom, 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 political <laughs> information, political
1: information, speculation about Kirby's interior, like like yeah. any of these things that have become the absolute pure staple food groups of the <laughs> YTS, the cacophonous bonanza buffet of fun that we have every week here on your two show. <laughs>
0: If you need to fill the secret dark void inside of your tummy, we've got the food pyramid for you.
1: (laughs) And the Illuminati eye is wide open at the top of that pyramid, and it is shaped like Kirby's (laughs) mouth. Will you tell me about the show, Caleb? (laughs) Yeah, let's get started with the recap. Please. (laughs) Kirby, 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 that's a name you should know. Kirby, 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 he's the star of the show. He's more than you think, you've got maximum pain. Curvy curve is the one. It comes right, bat that shot. It comes right, bat that shot. Give it all that you got. Take your very best shot. It's in the right. For sure, yeah.
0: before the theme song hits we are treated with a short video of ddd talking to the nightmare enterprises enterprises <laughs> sales representative <laughs> and and the representative tells him that he cannot order any more monsters because he has a 90 million dollar and change yes unpaid balance do you think that this is like effectively a national debt? Like, do you think DDD is shouldering this personally or is it being paid for
1: through the kingdom's oh, coffers? I think it's national debt, which, I mean, ultimately the burden of this debt falls on the people of, of Dreamland. Right. To the extent that national debt is more than a construct <laughs> uh, and an illusion. I mean, I'm not sure how the Dreamland economy works and I <laughs> we're not getting into it. No. But I have to assume that it's not just DDD's, like, I think DDD treats the national bank like his personal savings account, Mm -hmm. but that it's definitely like for the kingdom,
0: right? I think that must be what's going on. And they definitely, like you say, we don't get into the economy, but uh, multiple people talk about taxes (laughs) over the course of this episode. Um, So DDD says that doesn't matter. He doesn't need a monster to fight Kirby now because he has been studying the Encyclopedia Botanica. And Uh he just flashes it. He shows it to us. We don't know exactly what it means. And it cuts to the theme song, which uh, I know that we say every time
1: is still just so good. Yeah, it's an extremely good theme song that makes people happy. These two people right here.
0: And then we see that (laughs) Tiff is, also studying nature she's studying a book and she's reading about the ecosystem of dreamland and she's apparently reading to tough and kirby but tough has basically fallen asleep and mm-hmm. when she stops her sentence she realizes that kirby has escaped she looks in her bag to see if Kirby is inside of it, and Takori pops out, and he says he's taking a nap in this knapsack, which is great. That's it's a, a great, good joke. It's
1: a great joke. Takori is a nightmare, mm-hmm. but his jokes in this episode are pretty good.
0: Yeah, he's really well written <laughs> while he's being very annoying. Yes. They can't find Kirby around, so they decide to go looking for him. Tuff, Tuff says he's pink and that will stand out, which is true. That makes sense. And, That's true. Uh, we see this like very triumphant, jazzy, positive music while Kirby follows a trail of apples a short distance away. He, we see the first apple, and you think, oh, Kirby's just having a nice time with an apple. And then, as soon as he finds a second one, you realize, oh, this is a trail, and Kirby is being led. DDD has laid this trail to lead him somewhere. That's right, that's right. The Australian hamster, Rick, from the mm-hmm. game where you have Kirby, like, team up with little monsters
1: is it the first major speaking roles for these characters because there's rick and Koo, the owl show up i think this is the first
0: time we see Koo. we saw rick and we saw the fish in the episode with blocky with the block guy yeah that's right but uh, rick said one short thing the fish didn't say anything at all and in this one rick gets an entire conversation
1: uh yeah it's pretty great uh this they're from i believe dreamland 2 Mm -hmm. the game boy game And then they also appear in the Star Allies DLC, which came out last year, which made me think that this episode is like the first DLC episode of Kirby Right Back At You. Like, we're adding characters.
0: The first canon DLC.
1: Yeah, I think so. This episode is either a sequel to the preceding episode or the DLC. It's just included. It's just loaded. It's fine.
0: And then, not 100% clear, but perhaps the mailman of this universe Which we see walking away from the forest and Rick interrupts him to say, oh, we never see you over here, mailman. His name might be Mr. Melman, the mailman?
1: It is. They clarify it at the very end. Like they say his name, they sort of mix up Melman and mailman. And you're not sure whether it's someone reading the line weird Uh or what until at the very end they do call him Melman, the mailman. (laughs) And that's great.
0: (laughs) It's really great. And we also found out that the name of the police chief is Chief Bookum. Pretty good. Yeah, it's like pretty solid. And while Tiff is looking for Kirby, her and Tuff have a casual conversation where Tuff says, Tuff says, like, where do you think all the food that Kirby eats goes? And Tiff says, the only thing I can think of is that it goes into another dimension.
1: Yeah, this is just step one of the major revelations that this episode is going to break. But I have to say that given our last conversation about this, when she said that, I was like, they're listening to us.
0: <laughs> the people that are making this show every week are changing it based on what we say.
1: Yeah, it's, and I really appreciate all the work that they put in between last episode and this one yep. to... Shows like Lost, etc. This is in the long tradition of shows which are like watching the internet discourse around their program and sort yeah. of playing with the audience. And it's like really awesome to be in a pivotal role related to Kirby right back at you. Like, I feel more important than I've felt in years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the impact that our
0: commentary has had on the
1: physical existence of this show. I'm ready to be like more than a commentator and a critic, you know? I want to be a creator. I want to be part of the process. And finally, my dream is coming true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We see Tiff and Tuff's parents in the castle and the mom is walking around saying, oh, where can that husband of mine be? And he's two feet behind her on the couch and he just says, I'm right here. (laughs) (laughs) I love
1: this joke.
0: It's so funny because it plays off of the tone, like that kind of cut, like how we, yes. we we cut to someone like pining for someone that's not around anymore or like looking for their like lost whatever. But they they take that moment of her like melodrama and then just immediately wrap it up.
1: I'm right over here. here. This episode is so smart. Like, I, I don't want to keep saying that, uh, but like all of these jokes that, that we're mentioning and there are so many more as the episode goes on, mm-hmm. like- This is a sharply written television program. Yes. And I really like it.
0: They get lost in the woods. Kirby is following an apple trail and he ends up sitting in front of an apple tree or ends up at an apple tree or uh, in general lost in the woods. Right. And the two kids see him looking for apples. They watch him eating this trail of apples. They follow him into the woods to try to take him back home. And everybody ends up lost. Yep. Takori tries to fly up above the tree line and see the way out and lead them there, but he can go above the tree line and see it. But then when he goes back into the forest, he's still not able to navigate it. So they remain
1: lost. Okay. um, Just two quick observations about this scene really quick, because we neither see Kirby like lay a one up after he eats enough apples. Mm -hmm. We don't see that. Nor do we run into Link, which is not surprising because the forest by its nature is confusing. And like you're not likely to run into someone else, but we do know that Link is here.
0: Yeah, the like the Lost Woods mechanic, how does that work when there are a group of you in it? As soon as one of you separates, does it create an instance of the woods that now- I think that exactly, yes. You are operating in separate <laughs> from your friends?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think if you go in together, like an instance in a, in an MMO dungeon, mm-hmm. you can inhabit the same shared space, but as soon as you split off, also like an MMO dungeon, you can never see each other again.
0: Ever again in your lives as you slowly uh starve to death in the forest that has trapped you in there for all eternity.
1: And that's one of the great one of the many great gaming innovations that World of Warcraft brought to the scene. Yeah,
0: I'm really grateful for MMOs, but I just wish like all of my friends weren't eternally trapped in them, you know?
1: I miss us being able to do stuff together for sure, mm-hmm. but like I appreciate the commitment to realism and like real stakes. Yeah. And so, anyway, it's not surprising they don't see Link. Let's presume that this isn't an MMO Woods. Yeah. And instead, it's just Kirby and his friends. In which case, what happens next?
0: Kirby sort of threatens to eat to Corey, Like, not exactly aggressively threatens, but he gives to Corey a look and... Takori knows immediately that Kirby
1: is hungry and he wants to eat. He, he must feast. Uh, <laughs> he sure does. Like, and then they joke. It's I thought they were joking about it. And then Kirby's like smiling vacantly toward Takori in a way that's like, he's really thinking about it. And I don't blame him. Yeah, he like would eat Takori. And he still does not quite understand
0: wh- who is a syndicate creature and who isn't. And the kids like laugh a lot. And Takori is like not enjoying it. Takori is not laughing, Uh and Kirby is like not laughing. But the kids are like, "What a funny (laughs) thing to think about that you might eat Takori," and it's like they would learn something very quickly if they let Kirby get a little too close. It would
1: potentially be okay, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Takori could come out later. Like that's the. I I find myself thinking of this like, oh no, Kirby, don't eat the bird because then we won't have the bird anymore. But then it's like. First of all, that would be fine. And second of all, actually, we might. Like, we have to remember the fundamental concept of Kirby here. Which, again, we're trying to talk around the thing that happens later in this episode and, like, Kirby's relationship to food. So, let's just put that, put it aside. Let's come back to the concept of eating to Corey. Mm -hmm. And and, and you, please... Please just tell me the story, please. The kids realize that they can't escape, and so they decide
0: they need to at least camp until the night's over because maybe it'll be easier to navigate the woods during the day. Yeah, They create a fire, a campfire, and they set up some tents because Diff and Tuff are very prepared and they have tents ready. And the fire... Apparently, the smoke is very strong, very, very powerful, and it burns a few leaves on the tree above them. Yeah, The tree becomes furious, and it has a swirly face that appears, and it's the tree that's the first boss in all the Kirby games. Yep. And the tree explains that his friend warned him about them showing up and their plan to destroy the woods, and so he was ready, and as soon as they set fire to his tree, he knew for sure that they did not have good intentions here, Mm -hmm. and so he locks them up with his roots.
1: I love this. I love the, the sort of menacing wispy woods with the, the roots jutting out of the ground like spikes and creating a cage for them to fight in. They can't escape. And they don't even fight. They just like can't escape.
0: It's so, so cool. And it's also interesting. So they've been referring to the whole area as the wispy woods, but then they start referring to this one particular tree spirit as wispy or as wispy woods. Like, yeah. That's his name. So he, woods... Is, like, his last name, and Wispy is his first name, and Uh he is the king of the Wispy Woods, which are, which is another proper noun, but it's for a (laughs) place. Right,
1: yeah, and it's confusing, and it's, like, not, uh, I have to imagine that there's some tonal nuance or something in the tree's, like, native language that Mm -hmm. that makes it make a little bit more sense, but anyway, yeah, I like this version of Wispy Woods. He's very cool and scary, and I like them talking to him. In most of the Kirby games I've played, there's no conversation with Wispy. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so you're just fighting an angry tree.
1: Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'm angry and I'm throwing apples at you. And I'm going to fight you literally to death. So for a second,
0: I think that this is like what the... What the message of this episode is going to be is, like, be careful when you're camping, right? Or, like, be careful with the fires you can set in the woods. Because Wispy explains, many trees yeah. have already fallen due to fires like yours. Like, you might think the fire that you just made is harmless, but lots of trees have already fallen due to those kinds of fires. Yeah. And he's saying, like, you guys didn't do not have the woods in mind. You did not respect the woods. You even burned my leaves. And he overwhelms them with apples. He drops hundreds of apples on them to the point that Kirby isn't even able to suck them up because they ask Kirby to, but when he opens his mouth, the apples fall into his physical mouth and like block it up before
1: he can start his inhale ability. Yeah, we scrutinized the tapes. We went back, we paused, we looked at it, and there's no uh, appearance of a void. There's no inhale effect. He has simply begun to open his mouth and then the apples cover him so thoroughly that he can't even wh- whatever it is that happens can't happen i imagine it's like a muppet
0: like it's like cookie monster <sighs> eating a cookie is that unless he <laughs> activates his inhale ability, he's just <laughs> mushing it around you know <laughs> he's got a tongue and maybe he can taste
1: it but he's just it's just gonna fall back out until he can get it out of yeah. his mouth or start the inhale power yeah but unless jim henson activates the gaping maw inside his palm Mm -hmm. cookie monster cannot actually ingest anything
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that's why jim henson was so incredible ever since he left none of the muppets can really eat that nobody else really has that kind of maw they
1: only make the big muppets that are like clearly a person in a suit where the mouth kind of it's like okay that that, they're not getting eaten they're going like in the suit right Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's not the same it's not the same ever since we lost jim
0: The kids try really hard to be polite to the tree. Like, they explain, like, oh, here's our names. We're introducing ourselves. Even Takori says, like, my name's Takori, and I'm 100% pro
1: tree. I like this approach.
0: Yeah, it was really (laughs) sweet, but it did not work at all because he had received a very detailed warning letter. Yes, of course. From DDD, and he was ready and prepared to not
1: fall for their tricks. Yeah. This episode does a lot of foreshadowing up front, or it tries to set a lot of context up front. In the first, uh, like, half of the episode, you and I were both, kind of like okay all right sure Uh, but looking back on it it's like oh they're trying to establish the context of like oh the wispy woods is a mysterious place where no one goes and there's melman the mailman delivering mail Mm -hmm. we don't even really know about melman very much but we have to establish hey i never see you going over there i feel like we didn't talk about that conversation for long enough too because yeah it lasts for a while like
0: melman (laughs) and rick sit there and talk to each other for a really long time and rick asks like what did you deliver like and melman's like i would never look at the mail and rick is like oh no 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 i wasn't saying that you looked at the mail but don't you kind of want to look at the mail, yeah. though? Haven't she ever been tempted? <laughs> <laughs> mailman is like, no, no, that would break the sacred bond between the mail and the mailman. <laughs> 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 and it, this conversation just sits there and goes for ages just to, I guess, make sure that you don't forget the mailman is there. yeah, And to establish a feeling of like this place having some real identity. Like right. Rick is a person and the mailman is a person and this world just happens kind of around them. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it kind of works better in retrospect for me than it did. while we were watching it. There's one other thing that we didn't... I I just remembered we didn't talk about enough in that we didn't talk about it at all, which is when they all find each other at the base of the tree and Mm -hmm. um, Tuff strikes Kirby with a stick such as you might find at the beginning of Breath of the Wild. Yes. And Kirby is knocked backwards. And there's something that happens, Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, which we didn't cover. And I just wondered if you wanted to touch on that or not.
0: The truth of the matter is that one of Nick's very important theories has actually been dispelled. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you're right. Okay. Yes. Nick had a theory that perhaps Kirby's butt was located somewhere
1: else. I appreciate You know what Caleb, I hadn't even made the connection and we need to turn now to the to the science corner. Mhm. where we are able to debunk uh one of my Many bad theories. Luckily,
0: here on Your Two Show, we don't often make a mistake. Mm -hmm. And most of our predictions are 100% true, and that's a guarantee. Yeah,
1: Caleb definitely doesn't make very many mistakes. But every
0: once in a while, we say something on Your Two Show that might be, I don't know, more, (sighs) like, gosh, more, like, funny than logical? Like, an idea rather than a fact? Like, a theory, yeah, a theory for fun. Like, a fun theory. Like, okay, like, baseline, we are journalists. Yes. Like, we are journalists, Mm -hmm. and we are trying to bring you, like, the most sincere and clear and direct and definite and
1: up-to-date definitions up-to-date coverage yeah Mm -hmm. of all the most important things yes
0: we've got our finger on the pulse but sometimes we allow what is it the (laughs) sort of the op-ed section of our podcast Mm -hmm. we allow for aka me We allowed for some predictions. We allowed for some messing around, which, like, you know, we try not to do too much of it. We do a little bit. Yeah. And in this case, Nick at one point said that he thought Kirby's butt was maybe at a different place.
1: Like maybe there was a dimensional rift or uh, some kind of a physical separation between Kirby, who appears to be mostly a mouth, Mm -hmm. and then his butt, which if he's eating a lot of things and then we're never seeing, like, any result from that, then maybe the butt is elsewhere. That has been debunked.
0: And the debunk is because... Tuff hits Kirby with a stick. Yes. Kirby falls backwards mm-hmm. onto the ground. The backwards is important. Please keep that in mind. Yes. And when he hits the ground, there is a sound
1: effect mm. that sounds a little bit like, mm. Nick, could you give me like, what is that? What is that like? It sounds like when a person is pranked. Like if you sit on a chair and your chair mm-hmm. has been prepared with a prank, Um. it sounds kind of like that. It sounds like, uh. well, Kirby basically hits the ground and goes, <laughs>
0: And so we know that Kirby either Okay, I guess it doesn't completely debunk it because Kirby either has a butt. Okay. Or if you take Kirby's squishy folds and they rub up against each other, they might create, you know, something not unlike the sound that my leg always makes when I'm standing up. Jeez, get off my case about it. It's just the chair and my leg. And I'm just saying that Kirby might also be having kind of a chair leg situation, but the chair and the leg are both his pink
1: fleshy body. It could be his body and the rock is the chair. Okay. Okay. All right. So wait a second. Temporary hold on the full debunking because yeah, Mm. it could be his chair and his leg, or it could be as I've just demonstrated. could be his mouth.
0: No, his mouth is wide open. He falls backwards. Yeah,
1: you're right. It definitely looks like he farts in the show. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> fast forwarding back to the future the apples fall around them cover them up and DDD shows up and wispy woods is so grateful this is an incredibly heartbreaking moment for me yes. because wispy woods's face and everything he's like thank you so much DDD. i never would have known that these guys were gonna try to hurt my woods if you had not sent me that letter and DDD says oh yeah no problem uh speaking of which i've got another big surprise for you and then he pulls out a light saber buzzsaw chainsaw chainsaw yeah him and escargoon say a couple of like barbs about how they're going to tear up the tree but wispy the who's apparently like a little bit gullible or like maybe he just doesn't interact with humans very often he doesn't pick up the hint that they're about to tear him down and so he's like why would you need that big saw i've already captured your enemies like i've already stopped them for you and ddd explains i i was actually not trying to capture them this time. Like, I, it's a good side effect. I did want to get them, but what I really wanted
1: was these woods. Which, that's a twist. Uh, yeah. He says, uh, I have a plan to develop this land. He immediately switches over into, like, real estate developer tycoon mode. And, like, escalates this episode into the, like halls of environmentalist children's media alongside Ferngully mm-hmm. uh, as an immediate reference point. It does some really,
0: really interesting stuff with form. And when you think about the like 20 minutes that this show has, yeah. and how we talk to, we keep talking about how we expect it to be hitting on a rhythm or on a pattern, yeah. already on episode five, it decides to break away from the Monster of the Week format and take your expectation of the Monster of the Week format to try to create a twist about DDD actually deciding to focus on something else for a little while. Yeah, right. But because you believe that Kirby is DDD's main focus because we don't we haven't up to this point heard much about DDD's actual aspirations and you could be fine with forgetting or believing because that's the format of these shows a lot of the time that DDD decided that he didn't care about anything other than stopping Kirby right. after Kirby arrived. Mm-hmm. So having it be that Kirby this time and the plot around Kirby was all incidental, including the fact that Kirby
1: never in this episode actually gets an ability, fights something directly. Yeah, he's totally secondary to the main plot of this story up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is almost all all like DDD plotting against Wispy Woods rather than...
0: Which you have to wonder, like, did DDD do this because it was his plan to begin with or did he do it because he realized he couldn't buy any more monsters? Like, if he can't buy any more monsters then he has to switch to trying to do something else for a little while
1: oh and then if he's going to develop it and what his plan is to make a large country club Mm -hmm. he wants to make the royal country club and presumably charge somebody
0: admission or membership he said that it was completely private closed to the public but it is possible that he could find other like famous royalty to come and participate in his golf
1: course. Yeah, exactly. We might see cameos from Ganondorf or some other, you know, tyrannical Nintendo despots. So so it may be that he's like, okay, I got to do something else to make some money so that I have more funds to be able to create more monsters. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, he just does something else. It's like a side plot. I don't know. It's pretty great, though. Like, it's a it's a really nice subversion of your expectations. And partway through the episode made us both sit up like, oh,
0: oh, okay, cool. Yeah, he chops wispy woods down and as soon as that happened i
1: was like whoa, whoa that's the plot of this episode like that's actually gonna happen yeah yeah and he doesn't hesitate he like takes a few moments to like make some quips and do some jokes mm-hmm. and then he straight up chops down the king of wispy woods aka wispy woods
0: yes and then the other so the other trees in wispy woods once their king is taken down they don't have the like most recent update on the situation they don't know exactly what's going on so they capture kirby and tiffin tough and to and again And while they are focusing on them, DDD shows up and chops all those trees down as well. And then you see him do this full spiral through the whole woods. And with his like chainsaw lightsaber, chops down the entire woods very, very quickly. And then just as quickly has built a country club. Yeah. When he's about to build it, we see a crowd of townsfolk. And this is the moment of this episode that really stands out to me as like, this was the turning point for me. And also I think is another example of how smart this show is and how when they have a chance the writers are trying to slip in this is the shape of the conversation that this looks like in the real world like for kids Mm -hmm. it's like this is the shape that you will recognize in your life later yeah and we see all these townspeople watching ddd cut down these trees that are actually screaming like the trees are are screaming they have faces they are upset about this and none of the townsfolk seem worried about it. None of them say anything about the woods or they don't care about the forest. Yeah. One of them says, oh, it looks like Dedede's going to build something. The police officer says, that would be a great spot for a new prison. Jeez. And then another member of the town says, maybe he's going to build affordable housing.
1: Yeah. The, like, guy in the sort of, like, mechanics overalls or something. We, we like, pause the show and we're like, Whoa
0: okay it is like a, a triple punch of some like harp this whole first half of the episode is meant to lead to this very heartbreaking feeling like they they show DDD tearing down this these woods and it is made to look kind of brutal and they sit on it for a really really long time and
1: yeah yeah see like scene after sh- or shot after shot of DDD dragging this big bright chainsaw saber mm-hmm. through the trees and seeing the trees separate Fall over, and then it starts showing us like the ghost face of the tree, like Mm -hmm. the spirit of the tree's face, like scream and then fade away before the tree falls. Like, it's really grim.
0: And Wispy is a monster from the games that is, like you've said, is always kind of absent looking. You just show up and he's kind of mad. And you just, like, you have no idea of who he is. But they worked so hard in this episode to give him personality so fast. Like, yes, seeing him get manipulated and seeing him be very protective of his forest, like, fills him with personality and then fills his forest with personality so quickly that you know, like, oh, they are... They are killing these, like, living creatures that care a lot about their community and about where they are in order to build this new thing, and none of the Cappies care. Like, none of them care. Yeah. And even their hopes, even what they think, like, oh, this might improve our lives in some way, at least, DDD immediately pushes that away and makes that impossible and explains that he's building a country club. He and Cargoon, like, give this big speech in front of the whole town with these big microphones about how the Royal Country Club uh, is finally going to save Dreamland, which has long- far too long suffered from the lack of a world-class golf facility, and they- <laughs> They say it's a taxpayer-supported, chemically fertilized course. And God. one of the townspeople actually, I think, asks, what happened to Wispy? Like, where are the woods? What happened to them? And... Yeah, DDD's like, Wispy is at peace. He's been mulled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they say, like, we... Put him through the wood chipper and we sprinkled him around the shrubberies. I am so surprised that they're so explicit about like the taxes here, about like, yeah, exactly how this happens.
1: Like this is a roadmap for like, this is how that stuff has been built before. This stuff happens all the time Mm -hmm. in real life. This is precisely how it happens. And they cover, we go from Kirby adventure Mm -hmm. to this like devastation of land and life as a a section of ancient woodland is colonized and cut down. Mm -hmm. And then this like 90 second overview of the entire process of the conversation around like, well, we actually needed a golf course and don't worry. It's not, for you but we're gonna use your money and we did kill the tree and it's fine and who gives a double bogey about that yeah
0: exactly (laughs) all of it all of it wrapped up in these like very short moments but like totally digestible totally understandable and like it got me mad in the same way that it would hopefully get kids mad too it was really really neat and really well done yep so then we find out while the trees are still alive if kirby can get the apple out from inside of him that contains Wispy's spiritual energy, if he has an apple from Wispy, yeah. then they can plant it and Wispy will regrow. Right as the trees are about to like get it from him by force, they grab him and pull him in that like awful pulling shot that we see in the opening every single time.
1: Yes. Uh-huh.
0: Right as they're about to do that is when they get cut down. So then later, Kirby, without even being really prompted of his own initiative, is exploring his own
1: star space. Now this is where everything comes undone. So there's a
0: version of Kirby that exists inside of Kirby's stomach.
1: The camera is outside of Kirby Mm -hmm. and he looks kind of thoughtful and then the camera is suddenly with no transition still looking at Kirby but he's inside of a vast fathomless void full of apples and apples are floating everywhere like stars in space Mm -hmm. is this in his imagination is he in his mind
0: palace so that that is the big question here (laughs) it's whether or not there is an astrally projected or a, or duplicate of kirby that exists in the void or whether this is just a metaphorical representation of kirby flipping through his stomach rolodex
1: uh-huh i don't know what to do with this
0: <laughs> if we take it literally yes that means that kirby as a being is actually two beings he is the being that exists within uh-huh the larger being a li- he's like Kirby is like a pilot of a mech that is a bigger version of himself.
1: Oh sure, sure. And this is fine, but quote Kirby's butt is somewhere else is like not fine. <laughs> <laughs> Except that there's textual evidence for this in the show. Yeah, exactly. Like, we we are seeing Kirby's consciousness navigating his gastrovoid. Mm-hmm. He's gastro projecting.
0: Gastro projecting. That's so good. He finds <laughs> so he finds a magical apple inside of his stomach once the kirby inside of the stomach grabs it the kirby outside is able to spit it out so the kirby outside spits out the apple and it plants in the ground immediately wispy woods grows up grabs the golf hammer from ddd and immediately begins knocking a bunch of apples all over the place so that they can regrow trees that very very quickly take over the golf course eat the world back up yeah and become a forest yep and that's the end. We get to see Wispy having a really good time. We see the whole forest come back. We see the ruins of the golf course. We see like its sign all like already overgrown as if it had been there for years and years. Yeah, it's like yeah. uh it's like the end of *Spirited Away* in there, and mm-hmm. then DDD and Cargoon have become lost in the Wispy Woods, and Wispy's having fun, kind of
1: allowing them to stay lost. Yeah, they get team rocketed into the distance <laughs> by being teed up. And like the golf thing, DDD has Kirby himself teed up, like he's just going to golf him into the distance. Yeah, and then the w- Wispy takes the hammer and golfs ddd and Cargoon into the distance and then this animation of wispy like gleefully golfing his apples mm-hmm. all over the place is one of my favorite drawings from the episode it
0: was so good i and really it, liked it kept going and it would kind of give us something that was basically a still shot but just with like the arms flipping around yeah and it was so cute and so good yeah, yeah.
1: I'm Whispered oh, Woods!
0: I, I am You know, there's never a scout around when you need one! Oh, my kingdom for compass! <laughs> 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 okay, that's like the end of the recap, but we do obviously have to dig further into the the stomach thing. My biggest thing here is that what this confirms for us is something that you were coming up against earlier when we were talking about to Corey. And it's the idea that yeah. anything Kirby eats actually continues to exist in a full form within his voice.
1: Yeah, at least for some amount of time. Yeah. Or can possibly be stored for later. I don't know. This is
0: most complicated for me because, like, I get that idea. That idea seems pretty simple. And the way that Kirby eats stuff and gains their powers, it becomes a question of, like, Okay, so when Kirby spits out a star, the little Kirby inside of him has gone and hunted for something and allowed him to spit it out. Uh When Kirby's using a power, maybe you get the power by having the little Kirby suck it up. Like, (laughs) so, (laughs) so big Kirby eats it. Little Kirby finally eats it. And that's, Uh so the version, we talked about Kirby having stomach chambers. What he actually has is more Kirbys.
1: Oh my God. The Kirbys are chambers. Oh Lord. Last episode of, your two show mm-hmm. we got a little carried away and speculated wildly about the interior of kirby mm-hmm. and before we started this episode i said to myself you know what i'm gonna be a little calmer today yeah. i don't want to get so whipped up into a frenzy that i you know lose track of myself uh inside of kirby <laughs> yeah. And then they do this.
0: Well, the thing is, we said lots of wild stuff last time. Yeah. And none none of our wildest dreams included the idea that there would be another
1: little Kirby inside of Kirby. Yeah, yeah. That the cursor for his interior inventory is himself again, (laughs) but floating. (laughs) Like, that's what we're dealing with here. Like, Kirby has a video game inventory of the things he has eaten. And I'm not... uh, acquainted with a Kirby game that implements anything like that, mm-hmm. and I think that's an exciting idea for a future Kirby RPG.
0: But setting aside the way the <laughs> stomach works. Yeah, sure. Setting aside the way the stomach itself works. Yeah. What this really draws into question for me is the idea of Kirby being hungry. Yes. Because if Kirby has this sort of permanent, unsatiable hunger, and when he eats things, because he wants to keep eating the apple, and when he ran out of apples, he, like, makes a little face and blows out a little smoke cloud in the shape of an apple, like, oh, I want more apples.
1: Uh-huh. But he
0: continues to to be hungry he continues to eat and then they just exist within him and can be accessed later. Yeah. I wonder if hunger what we what we are attributing to him as hunger mm. is actually more of a collection instinct, almost like a nest building. Ah. Oh. So oh. Kirby is dealing with a natural idea in his body that is you want to have the most stuff inside of you to have available to you as possible as you grow up and as you get bigger. So you just need to
1: eat all of it so you have it later if you need it. And we're assuming he does eventually digest some of it. Maybe so. Like that it's not purely collection because he has to power his biological form. Mm -hmm. We're assuming that to some extent, but it's it's a delayed sort of the way a bear stores up uh, honey <laughs> in its vesicles before, I think that's how it works. The bear fills up with honey and that makes him swell up and then he goes to sleep for all cold time. Yeah. And so it's like that where we assume that it's going to be digested over time. That may or may not be, but we have no further evidence to act on there. Mm-hmm. But uh, the idea that he's just like acquisitive, that he just needs more food within him is for me a very relatable feeling. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, sometimes I-, I have a cookie <laughs> void that... Sometimes I need to put cookies in, even though I'm not hungry. (laughs) Hashtag just
0: Monday things, being Kirby. (laughs) I do wonder, when you bring up hibernation, it kind of makes sense. Like, if you imagine Kirby, if we expand on Kirby as a creature that maybe would exist on its own, something that can eat and eat and eat, and then also travels through space, has like this big cosmic life cycle, you can see maybe that the idea would be that it accumulates a whole planet, accumulates a lot of stuff on the planet, and then while it's traveling, has to actually eat that stuff right over the course of the hundreds of years
1: it takes to get to the next planet that it can eat up oh of course if kirby is in a star craft Mm -hmm. plummeting through space for hundreds of years then yeah that makes perfect sense he needs pouches everything about this makes perfect sense yeah if you set aside what it looks like (laughs) how it works that there's another him inside him, if you set aside every one of the material details that we've just discussed, then everything about this makes perfect sense. If you set aside the fact that as he eats the apples, he doesn't get bigger. He gets instead more inside of him gets bigger. The inside gets bigger. There's another him there. The inside doesn't get bigger because the inside's
0: already infinitely large.
1: Well, now that's another question because maybe his hunger comes from the expanding void within him. Maybe he can satisfy himself up to a point but the void keeps increasing mm-hmm. and that's a metaphor for materialism and that,
0: but how then how apparently does his mouth get clogged by apples
1: see that so he's not able to suck up any more apples there you go and i think i think your theorem about needing to like activate access to the void mm-hmm. like that he's not permanently intaking to the void that that opening that portal creates the vacuum effect Mm -hmm. that is his fabled inhale. But
0: maybe the portal happens at lip level. So like... So like that if something is clogging the lips, he's mm-hmm. not able to make the portal anymore, like it won't function. Because I'm just trying to figure out why it didn't work. Because if it's if it's a tummy thing.
1: Maybe he was just surprised.
0: Yeah. You know? Do you ever think about that? He was startled out of being able to do it. Yeah,
1: maybe Kirby was just yeah. Like it maybe just has emotions and I should just like allow him to make mistakes sometimes. I don't know about you, but if I was underneath a tree and suddenly uh, a bunch of burritos started falling out of it and three of them fell into my mouth. <laughs> I wouldn't begin chewing, like just chewing down <laughs> on them <laughs> immediately. I'd be like, huh? I'm not sure. And then I would be sort of covered in burritos and, like, maybe drown in there.
0: Well, I feel like the real the real thing you're right is, like, you wouldn't be able to do your special skill. So, like, yeah, if, if a bunch of burritos <laughs> fell into my mouth or mature, I wouldn't be able to start doing, like, high-level calculus like, right then. <laughs> I wouldn't right, be able right. to like sing, you know, in the, at the top of my pitch range. I would be so startled from
1: all Yes. <laughs> from
0: all <of> the burritos. <laughs> in burrito shock. I would absolutely be able to start chewing right away.
1: <laughs> but again, if 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 he's just if he if it's cookie monster until he activates, then that that helps explain the, the whole thing, I mm. think. I came away from this episode with more questions than answers, to be honest.
0: And, you know, that seems to be kind of a, a theme. Every single Kirby episode has left us with just mm. like a a big infinite void where
1: the answers mm. should be. And, and we're filling it up with facts and sights and sounds. And mm. yet, I still hunger for truth.
0: I still hunger for this truth. And I I hope that one day the little me, deep down inside... <laughs> can find that that big glowing apple of truth and let me spit it back out to you, the listeners. Thank you so much for coming with us on this journey here at Your Two Show. Uh, as you noticed, we are releasing on a bi-weekly schedule now.
1: Yes, we do want to say thank you for everyone being with us here, uh, making and listening to podcasts as often as we are able. We'd also like to thank... Dave Donkin and Goodnight Productions for the use of our theme song. Thank you, Dave. Thank Hy- you, Goodnight. Hydrosity Hydrocity Zone. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Goodnight. You know, I'd like a, a little bit more feedback from the audience right now. <laughs> because we put out the last episode. I didn't really hear from anybody. And I'm not sure that you liked it, but I think you did. But I'd like to know. So if you can hear the sound of my voice, and you've just endured the very strange journey that we're taking with Kirby uh, that we're enjoying. But I'd like to know how you're enjoying it. So please fill out my form. There's no form. Just get, send me a tweet.
0: <laughs> send Nick a tweet. I will occasionally be doing streams. CZNH. Oh, yeah. H on Twitch and also on YouTube, Caleb Zane Hewitt. I will tweet about them most of the time so you'll see them. I'm a little bit on a break right now because I've got a book deadline coming up this month, so I'm very busy on that. Uh, If you're gonna be at PAX East, oh we're yeah, gonna be right. there we are we're i think mostly gonna be like busy and rooted to one spot which we might talk about later but yeah you should let us know if you're gonna be at pax because we would love to see you and love to say hi
1: yeah if you're at pax east or in and around boston we will be there i think march 28th through the 31st i think are the dates i think so, so yeah i think that's exactly right we'll be there presumably working a booth we're still sorting out the details mm-hmm. for helping out some friends and uh that would be great if you like video games and you like us (laughs) thanks everybody thank you caleb thank you for for doing this i got sick this week and we're recording a couple days later than usual and i appreciate your Mm -hmm. accommodation of my physical physical frailty absolutely i'm happy to record with you on any of the days of the week thank you so much me too
0: you too i'm caleb zane you i'm nick splendor and, and you your, are you are. Oh, man, soon. I messed up the branding. It's ugh. the thing is, if
1: we say the a sound, that we have to read, mm-hmm. we have to undo the trademark.
0: Gosh, yeah, and I can't, I can't undo the trademark.
1: Take it again from the top.
0: <sighs> well, now I've just like lost the energy for it. Like on your two I'm show, Caleb, I guess. Like,
1: ugh. and I'm Nick. Okay, and I'm Nick. am two. Okay, here you. Yeah, I, I, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Okay, here we go. I'm Caleb. <laughs> I'm Nick. Caleb put his finger to his ear like he uh, was in, in the recording booth. And that's how he got that beautiful note. Bye, everybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. And so my, my name, my my superhero name might be uh, uh, um, the the blue, the, sorry, my superhero name might be the purple bag of Doritos potato baby.
0: <laughs> you don't see what I love about that is that the most important thing in comedy
1: is rhythm and pacing. <laughs> <laughs> I really, you know what I think about sometimes? I think about the day when we wind up on stage at a conference somewhere. Trying to talk about cartoons and just the like Mm -hmm. blank stares that I'm going to give the audience sometimes (laughs) where I'm just like, hmm, (laughs) uh, I don't have anything right now and I don't want to have anything. (laughs)